It may be sunny in LA, but I stay bringing the shade. You think you have me figured out until you don't. This is Black Reality Kiki with AJ. And your girl, Fresha. We're getting into season 14 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's all about the shade, the drama, and the slays. Come Come take take a BRK. West T Southern Bell, we're back in Georgia. We're back in Georgia from Jamaica and a lot of tea to spill on this episode. <laughs> it was all over the place. Well, honey, yes, they hit the ground running as soon as they got back to Georgia, child. They didn't leave any time for any questions asked. Shall we get started? Let's do it. Let's dive on in. All right, honey. So we kick things off with a really quick moment with Miss Candy and a little Ace. Honey, he's growing up in acting classes, you know, securing the bag like the BTs only can do. We also see that Marlo is prepping to have the boys come back in the house. She's having a cute little moment with Crystal, just talking about how much she's been missing the boys and how they're prepared to come back because I'm sure they're missing Monty Marlo. So we'll get more into her tea a little bit later. But then we get to Drew's house. And we see our girl had to have surgery on her Achilles, honey. High on drug medication and everything. Honey, she was super lit off those drugs. Woozy and everything. And the stitches. I mean, the major surgery. It was just sad all around. It really ruined the Jamaica trip for them, for real. It really was. It sounded like it was really a serious situation where they had to go in and do all those like stitches and, and she couldn't even feel her feet or something or her toes. That Achilles fucked her up. But I will also say that Josiah is so articulate. Like, I don't know. He just seems like a really good kid. Like, every time he's on the screen, he just seems very happy and level-headed. He's so adorable. And I agree. Touche to that. He's just, he's the cutest, cute as a button. Mm-hmm. So also at this moment, we see that the girls are coming to check on Drew. And the first one that shows up is Sheree, ironic enough. Um, We know that they've had their ups and downs and their relationship has always been tumultuous. But it seems like they're now in a good place. Sheree came to show love to Drew, gave us a few updates um, on the she situation as she's always stressed. But (laughs) But then Sonya also shows up and they're discussing the Kenya situation because remind you Drew was not at the last dinner so she missed how things she were had left to get that tea. she had to get that tea honey and Sonya let the chopper fly she was like she did admit that Kenya read her for filth which Kenya did and her up breakfast lunch and dinner okay so at least she was honest with that but she had to let um, Drew and them know that she still was not feeling Kenya. And of course, what does Sheree do? Sheree carries that bone back about Kenya talking about Ross, honey. Okay, so I thought this whole interaction was interesting. Well, firstly, as you mentioned, it was kind of an odd pairing for first Sheree to pop up, be the first visitor, right? Post-surgery. But also Sonya came through as well. It's just interesting because they sit on, we all know, Team Marlo versus Team Kenya those two sit on Marlo's side and Drew sits on Kenya's side. So it was interesting that that was the coupling, but I digress. And so when it came to the drama from Kenya calling Ross aggressive and Sheree carrying that bone back to Sonya, why did she choose this moment to carry the bone? Why did she bring it up in Jamaica when everything was getting hashed out while Kenya was eating up Sonya and reading her for filth? But I'm just, the timing of all all of it was interesting. And then the phone call to Kenya, I don't know, as far as like the way that that all unfolded, is that not strange to you? 
Penny during the phone call. It was Kenya said, I would have to wake up and call you back. <laughs> she did say, she, she literally answered like, is everything okay? Like, why are you calling me? Maybe it was a little bit early. Maybe she was waking up from a mid-afternoon nap. But it was so out of left field. Like, I don't want to minimize Sonia's reaction because, you know, you and I spoke on Ross's tone, his delivery in that moment. But I don't know. It was just all like very like, oh, now you got the balls and the energy to come at her. And I understand the husband is a trigger for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the blame on Sheree. Why is she dropping the bone, carrying the bone in this moment? Why does she drop it right there in Jamaica and let it all get hashed out? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't necessarily fault Sonya in this scene because I understand that she didn't know about Kenya saying anything about Ross. And so I can see how that, hearing that could be like, oh, hold up, bitch. Now you're talking about my husband. Like what? Because she don't know what was said. She, and then the fact she hears aggressive and... To Sonya's point, you know, when you hear black men and aggression, that's just not a good look. And coming from Kenya, Kenya probably has the biggest platform of the housewives at this point. Anybody got time for the trolls to come back to Aaron Ross because he ain't got nothing. To your point, Sheree definitely chose the wrong time to bring it back up. But that's just her going back into her bone collector ways. She could have easily said something when they were hashing it out in Jamaica. But she didn't want to say anything in front of Kenya because she knows she's on Kenya's side now. But the thing is, Sheree really toes that line between Kenya and Marlo. It's like, I never understand whose side she's really on because she wants to be friends with Kenya, but also she will say that Kenya takes it too far in that same breath. So it's like, Sheree, whose side you on, honey? Pick a side, pick a side. That's a good observation, honey. She's a mean pair of rainbows. Good old flip-flops, okay? Ooh. She be flip-flopping back and forth. And that's why, I don't know, it's hard for me to rally behind Sheree for those reasons. Like... It's just, you, you're just kind of gone with the wind, right? Flowing from east, west, north, south. Like, where are you? What direction are you heading in? Please let us know so we know where to put you, right? But I'm going to call out Ms. Moore, too, talking about, I don't know if that was the word I used. Lies. Girl, you know damn well. Come on now. I know you might be waking up from that nap, but you know what you said. And I can't wait for it to come up at the reunion because, you know, the tapes will roll. Absolutely. She quite literally said, you wouldn't define that as aggression? Like, she was trying to get Sheree to say that it was aggressive. Exactly. Don't be lying, honey. Science said bye, bitch. Sonya don't give a fuck. She do not play with her man. Honey, no shame, but Sonya said bye, bitch, after she hung up. Did you catch that? Oh, I thought it was right before. No, I saw her click and then say bye, bitch, and then put her phone away. So, uh, it's all giving fake gangsters. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to say, if you go if you go, go against Kenya Moore, you got to be a real gangster, Sonya. You got to be real about it. You know what? I'm going to need her to, the same way that she practices and trains for, or has trained for the Olympics, and she's an athlete, and she's, you know, she's a professional. I'm going to need her to spend this time. Actually, you know what? I think they recorded the reunion. I just hope that between then and now, she practiced that reading. She needs to go in on Kenya. Or not so much go in on Kenya, but she needs to be able to hold her own. Because we don't, we don't, it's not fun watching anybody just flounder versus Kenya. It's fun to see them go back and forth. Portia is someone who's hold her own. Nini, of course, from the past has held her own. Honey, clearly Marlo. Marlo, of course. She's toe for toe so we like to see you know that toe for toe energy so i'm gonna just need i hope and pray that sonya the same way she's up there running sprints she needs to be practicing the read she does honey because she will get left behind in the dust literally honey. last place unfortunately okay hate to say it child <laughs> what happened after this situation where did we go so from there honey we went straight into 
casting for She by Sheree Fashion Show. Honey, this was an excellent, excellent scene. So we see Sheree pulling up to some type of showroom. Don't quite know what the showroom was, but we see her link up with an associate who name I'm not remembering now, but um, someone that she hired in order to recruit models. Um, of course, she invited Kenya Moore um, because, you know, Sheree's words, she's been in the industry a really long time. She knows the business. Obviously, she's done modeling, not so much runway, but we have seen Kenya throw in her two cents before when it comes to casting for a runway show. So it was giving big TBT energy. I was here for it. Honey, Miss Kenya Moore came in hot, didn't she? She came in hot as hell. I mean, first question, she's like, what's the tea on the marketing? Like, why didn't you let me post it? I could have invited a hell of people. And then the showrunner makes the comment that they wanted to keep it on the low because of Sheree's request. I guess the saying that they didn't want to say that she was associated with it. But based on the screen grab that they provided that was on the story, it literally says, bravo, TV docuseries and guest judge Sheree Whitfield. So was it posted? Was it not posted? What are you talking about for one? And for two, I get, I understand you're Kenya Moore. You have um, an image as far as being the diva of the show. So naturally, this is the role that she's supposed to play in this moment. But I just don't feel like she had to take it that far. Like, she was just doing the most. She was questioning the marketing. She was saying that they should change where they're sitting at, that all of these models were just unorganized. She told the showrunner, the showrunner was like, you know, I'm not new to this. I've done this before. This isn't my first trip at the rodeo. She's like, it looks like this is your first go at the rodeo. Honey, for me, it was a showrunner throwing the shade right back. I lived for that. Honey, Kenya was doing too much. Honey, Sonya needs to take some notes from the showrunner because she was just throwing, and it was just shade. Like, just a little comment, comment, like nothing too aggressive or nothing, you know, crossing the line or being even unprofessional. She was holding herself in high regard and Kenya came at her left, right, and center. And it was so calm too. She was like, I'm glad you're happy. Confetti. But yeah, she was like, confetti. <laughs> confetti. Like, she was over that bitch. She got Kenya with the confetti comment. I'm not going to lie. Kenya just, mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> she don't want to say. Is that got that hush mouth? <laughs> so for me, well, first of all, the flashback, the coochie crack. You remember that, honey? Was it for Bailey? I, I think it was for the Bailey agency for sure. It was for the Bailey agency, yes. And Cynthia was so pissed. Even the Cynthia, remember Cynthia's staff too? Yes. They were pissed at her too. Because it, it, it was too much. It's too much. Coochie crack, coochie crack. You remember um, Cynthia's confessional? And she was like, Kenya was just going in. She was, coochie crack, coochie crack. That's all that was playing in my head during the scene. I live for it. Um, but honey, I'm going to put the ball in Sheree's court. The showrunner was only executing upon Sheree's instruction. Case in point, when they were talking about real models, oh, you got you guys should have real models models for the show. The showrunner, I mean, you need budget for that. Ooh, what that's shame, but that's facts. I mean, period. Like two fifty to five hundred, which is not that expensive. I'm confused. Does that mean two hundred and fifty dollars? Absolutely, for a day rate, two hundred fifty dollars for a day rate is what I imagine. That's not expensive at all. It's not. That's why I'm confused as to why they're not getting re real models, one. And two, what are they paying the models that showed up? Like, are they not paying them? Like, are they just giving like $100, $200? Or is it more so just sign an NDA and you're basically on the show for free? Like, I just don't understand. And then Sheree is over here, and we'll get more into this later, but she's saying she already spent a million dollars here, a million dollars, whatever. 
Sheree, you saying you spent a million dollars on designs that haven't even arrived yet? Like, that don't even make sense. So I don't understand why you can't invest in the real models. I'm so glad the showrunner was like, if you want real models, you need real money. Like, I'm doing my job. Like, I'm literally doing what Sheree asked me to do. And to your point, Sheree didn't even stand up for her. I'm glad she called Sheree out. And Sheree was like, well, what do you need? You know what I need, bitch. I need money. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not rocket science. It really is. So that was a really, really great moment, honey. But I will say the models that came through, even if they're not quote unquote real models, they were super cute. A lot of them were short though, honey. My short sisters, five, four, five, six. I'm like, damn girl, like you are so cute and you walk so well, but these girls are pretty short. So I don't know where they found these people. I will say flashing back six, seven years ago, the people that walked in the Bailey agency versus the people that walked in for She by Shrey light years apart. Like we have really progressed, but I, I'm speechless. Like, I don't even know what to say when it comes to the She by Sheree show. And I just, well, we'll get into it a bit later when we, we go uh, later on in the episode, but I just, I'm just like flabbergasted and really astounded. Like I don't, and as much as the housewives are too, they're like, wait, 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 you have a second shot at this launch the she by Sheree. everybody knows she by Sheree. there's notoriety there's popularity around the name there's brand recognition for stuff that for a brand that doesn't even have real product and you're getting a second shot the slate has been wiped clean and you still dropping the ball in this scene the vip for me like we said thus far was the showrunner i'm glad she was there to not only tell Kenya about herself, but also to be honest with Sheree and be like, look, this is the situation. And it sounds like whatever will be put together will be at the hands of the showrunner. So I'm hoping she can save the day because if you leave for Sheree and her own resources, it's just not going to get done. And to that point, they she better keep that showrunner happy. If she wants to sabotage the show in any way, shape or form, I'm sure she will. So you better, she needs to put Kenya on a damn leash. I was gonna say and know how to handle business. She just she needs business one on one. She really does. Oh, child, call us up, girl. We could do branding and marketing, and Drake creates for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after that, we meet the Sedora Pittmans at Raph's photo shoot. He's getting some photos for the cover of his book. Um, he's styling and profiling, doing his rap thing for the rap show, if you will. He loves the spotlight. I literally wrote down. He that man loves the spotlight. Honey, for me, I'm like, is the book about rap or is it about step parenting with Josiah? Because why is why are you on the cover? We don't want to see you. Josiah wasn't even at the photo shoot. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is this even for? Honey, but also during this conversation, the adoption conversation resurfaces with drew and drew's mom and drew says you know she told um her mom that rap doesn't feel comfortable adopting josiah anymore and you know the mom wanted to know where is that coming from and so raf then goes and unpacks you know he's had a conversation with the biological father i believe his name was is ricky um and was expressing you know how he planned on adopting josiah etc etc and that ricky felt you know hurt by that and really wanted to try to take a second chance at being a true good father to Josiah. And so I wanted to pose it to you because I know we were questioning the honesty behind that conversation and whether or not it actually happened or not. But based on this conversation, it seems that it did. I would imagine Raph wouldn't just pull out a conversation from his ass, like just making it up. But what were your thoughts? Because I don't know, I'm still a little torn. Like I get it if the father wants to be present, what have you, but... 
I don't know. It's like if you said you were going to do it, just do it. Like, it's just weird still to me. I actually appreciated this moment. Of course, you know, Ralph was having his little spotlight and loves to be center of attention. Cool. But when it came to the conversation between him and his mother-in-law and Drew, I'm glad that we got more context to the story. And I mean, yeah, if he's making this up, then he's quite literally a psycho. So we're just going to hope for the best and just hope that everything that he was saying was valid. It opened up my eyes a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, I understand not only wanting to weigh in the biological father's um, input, right? But also like starting to have a conversation with with uh, Josiah about it because, you know, I think he, Ralph made the comment something to the effect of, you know, Josiah wants me, tells me tomorrow, like, I want you to adopt me. He's dropping everything and doing just that. He's gonna respect his wishes. I have never been in the situation, but I would assume that especially when you have a child that is growing and is, you know, at a very impressionable age, you know, preteen, teenager age, you want to have that open line of communication. Um, You never know if Josiah might resent Ralph further down the line for adopting him. Maybe he would find that disrespectful to his own biological father. Um, And so I just respect like taking their time with the whole situation. It seems less of Ralph trying to renege on a promise that he made and more so just trying to, you know, take into account everyone's feelings and and their kind of opinions, um, at least the people who are invested in the adoption. So, yeah, it opened up my eyes a little bit. I just knew uh, Drew's mom was going to cut into him with that whole conversation, but it would actually seem pretty productive, honey. And then he, you know, got his change on and went right on back to the spotlight, Lord. I definitely think that the conversation needed to be shown so that we can get that perspective as far as that conversation of the backstory. But I think to your point, I'm curious as to like, how does Josiah feel? Like, have they had this conversation with him? It appears that they have not, um, but Josiah is already calling him dad. And so I'll be curious to, one, know if they've had a conversation at all with Josiah. And if not, will they be having a conversation on camera? So I'm going to stay tuned to see what happens. It seems like the book is 75% done. So I would imagine that we're probably going to have a book launch or some kind by the end of the season. So, honey, we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, he mentioned a party, remember? I think he was talking about Kenya and um, Marlo's birthday party. In that part. I thought it was I thought it was for the book launch, too. But I think it was for the birthday party. The last thing I'm going to say on this is, like, I think the biggest issue between Drew Sedora and Ralph Pittman is that they're never on the same page. With the whole book situation, obviously she was kind of in the dark about a lot of things and they were talking to the publisher and you know what, what she's able to read ahead of time, what she's not. In my opinion, when you're a married couple, you guys need to be a united front. Okay, like we need to be on the same page about from A to Z, like all things. And even if, you know, we're still working things out behind the scene, when it comes to anything that is public facing, we got to be on the same page. So that I think creates chaos in the way that we see Ralph because Drew is also like lost, like we're all lost in the sauce. Like, wait a minute, you don't even know what your husband is writing the book about? Like, how, how does that happen? Um, and so now I think, you know, she's writing the foreword. I guess she got to read a little excerpt. <laughs> So she's proud of him. And, you know, again, they seem to be on the same page finally. So it's like, okay, I trust her in that she's able to guide this situation with her husband and her son, her baby daddy number one, all of the above. So, honey, we just going to give it to God at this point. But 
I feel okay about things. I do. We're rooting for the Sidora Pittmans. You know, they're cool people. Like I said, Josiah is adorable and so articulate and sweet. So I'm sure that they would do whatever is best for him. Honey, where do we go after the photo shoot? So after the photo shoot, we go back to the Hamptons and we see that Michael and William have returned to Monty Marlowe's house, which is exciting. So they've reunited um, you know, so they're adjusting kind of back to their former lifestyle. Um, it seems like, you know, things are pretty copacetic. I think Marlo wanted to make changes um, with the boys coming back. It seems like she wants more structure, more rules. And I don't say rules in like restricting them, but just, you know, structure, understanding that just because you do your homework doesn't mean you deserve a shopping spree, right? Like she's trying to scale back on like behavior, reward, consequence, etc., which is just the ins and outs of parenting. I'm no expert. I don't have a kid. She's no expert. She doesn't have a biological kid. So she's just figuring it out. I know that Twitter was kind of going for Marlo. You know, the folks didn't really love the fact that she gave the boys up and just how she went through with it. Um, you know, could she have had, you know, a better kind of technique to kind of reshaping the way that she was running the household, I'm sure. But it seems like the boys kind of missed what they had and they are now super appreciative of their Monty and, and all that she does for them. Um, and at the end of the day, Marlo just wants them to be successful. That's all it really is. So we're just going to hope again that the family ties stay tight and the boys, you know, continue to grow healthy under Monty's watch. Yeah. And I, I like this moment um, between Marlo and the boys because I think it showed, you know, even more of why she did what she did as far as, you know, sending them to her sisters to get a break from Monty Land, to get a break from the Hamptons. Like they needed to be brought back down to reality. You know, they made the comment that they were happy to have their own bed and, and be able to, you know, take a, sho a nice shower or what have you. And so it's things that, you know, they would not have if it was not for being with their Monty. And so uh, from my perspective, I think it went really well. You know, you see that she also took away their iPhones, I'm assuming, to give them flip phones because their attitude has been bad, you know, things of that nature. And so truly, you know, punishing them for their actions and holding them accountable, which is probably something that they're not used to having. I think that this break, even though it seemed long and some people were not fans of it, I do believe that the impact that the break had on the boys will be good for them. I think it'll teach them responsibility. It'll show them to not take for granted what the Monty has provided for them. And they can truly move forward to being great young men. So Shout out to Marlo. She's taking it day by day, step by step. But I think she's doing a pretty good damn job. Yeah, we're just going to hope that they continue to down a good path. I think early in the episode, Marlo had mentioned family therapy, which we saw her go to therapist um, a couple episodes ago. So, I mean, hey, everything is up for scrutiny whenever you do it on national television, especially parenting. Um, it's just par for the course. But we're just going to hope that Monty Marlo just continues to do what's best for the boys. Honey, she is big auntie energy. You see her, like, she's always got a little wine glass, a little drink going on. Like, oh, what y'all doing over here? You know, just real big auntie energy. I appreciate that for her. Cause you know, honey, I'm auntie over here. Auntie loading. Yes, honey. You just got back from the baby shower for baby G. You're really big auntie energy over here. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Yes, honey. Shout out to Monty Marlowe. 
Honey, so after this moment, we go back to the Sedora Pittman household or um, Pittman Palace, as Ralph referred to it a few episodes back. We see that Drew and Sheree have decided to um, team up to plan a surprise birthday party for our Aquarius housewives, Miss Marlo Hampton and Miss Kenya Moore, a.k.a. the arch nemesis sis. Mm. and so they're gonna host this birthday party at drew and ralph's home so we see you know drew basically planned everything got all the decorations in order the catering and just planned to send charade the invoice and which when charade arrives an hour late honey charade's not pleased by the decorations and honestly i don't think it's that the decorations were bad honey charade just didn't want to spend no more money because she already in the hole by sheep exactly i will say drew did a good job with the decorations okay when you compare that to charade's surprise birthday party hosted by sonya drew did an excellent job the signage the food the balloons charade's gonna walk up one hour late later than she was supposed to be there and talk about i wouldn't have done all this yet because she's in her head counting up some coins all the money that was spent yes and honey that invoice it's, uh, I don't know if Drew's gonna get it, gonna get her money. I hate to say it, her assistant might have been right. Okay, like, I'm like, Sheree, girl, get your shit together. Honey, also in this moment, we see that she has a side conversation more on she and the stress that she's having to deal with the line. And it sounds like that she's now having to outsource pieces in LA and that the pieces either aren't ready or they are not up to her friend's um, standards, which means they won't be up to Sheree's standards. Honey, it just seems like a lot of drama around she. <laughs> she. No, um, it's a house of cards. And this house of cards is has gone tumbling down. I hate to say it. I just really don't understand. Again, I am just speechless on how do we end up here again, honey? We'll get more into it as the party goes along. But when I tell you, I was cackling at the reaction from the other housewives as the tea was being spilled on she. I was going to say, even before we get too deep into it, they were getting a little preview as the housewives were arriving before Marlo and Kenya arrived. And we also got tea that the other designs, not the LA package <laughs> designs, but the original order of designs are stuck in Alaska. Oh my God. I'm sorry. So at this point, I, I believe Candy has arrived. Sonia has arrived. I think even Monietta has, has arrived. Honey, when Candy heard the Alaska tea, she was over it. She was. She said, "Girl, you gotta come with better lies than that." How did they end up in Alaska? I thought they were coming from China. Honey, what is she designing for Eskimos now? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm just so confused. Honey, I think she is confused too. She might confused. What in the hell, girl? That was just too much. I was like, look, Sheree, you are doing too much. I'm glad that we had a moment to step back from that line to get back into the party because <sighs> that Sheree is just a mess at all times. <laughs> at all times. So um, we see Kenya and Marlo arrive uh, at the same time, funny enough, wink to the producers. I'm sure that was all intentional. Absolutely. And Kenya went ahead and basically slammed the door in Marlo's face. That's a petty bitch. She is a petty bitch. She knew she saw her pulling up. 
and literally close the door. Marlo comes in and is like, I knew I could walk right in because I saw Kenya literally just walk in in front of me. Throwing shade, but that was rightful shade. That was rude. So as they walk in, they shout surprise. They realize that it's a shared birthday party for them and not a an event for Drew, as they were told. I thought it was beautiful that they had Marlo's friends and family from Florida. Um, and then, of course, Kenya's cousin Shay was there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cute. It seems like, you know, once they saw everybody and they realized that it was a party for them, they sort of start to just go with the flow. I mean, I think Kenya threw a little shade on, in the confessional scene. Why did she have to share a birthday with someone who had the brain the size of a gnat? <laughs> but aside from that, I think they were able- Do gnats have brains? Who knows? We're gonna have to Google that. Either way, it's like, why you gotta be so shady, Kenya? It's a birthday party. Just smile and be happy. Like, we're in a good space. Honey, it was a mess. But they sit down. They start celebrating the women. It's a beautiful moment. Marlo's best friend stands up and decides to, you know, talk about, you know, her relationship with Marlo. That Marlo has stepped in and been almost as a mother figure for her since she's lost her mom. So I thought that was really sweet. But then, honey, she also spilled a little tea in that she be on Kenya's side and telling Marlo not to fight with Kenya. So I thought that was also a cute moment that you could sort of see that, like, yeah, they fight, but we can laugh about it and just be friendly and just go with the flow. But then in this moment, Kenya and Marlo essentially start to unpack why they don't get along. Because I think the goal behind this whole joint birthday, specifically from a standpoint of Sheree and Drew throwing it, was to show them that, hey, we came together to throw this for you. Can y'all now come together and be friends? And so we sort of start to unpack why Kenya and Marlo feel they have not, they still can't get it together. They still can't be friends in which Kenya decides that she wants to bring back up, you know, everything that Marlo has done in the past. But then this season in particular, she feels that Marlo continuously called her a liar and that she doesn't feel like she's a liar. She's been telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera. And which Marlo responds and say, we've both said bad things. We've both hit below the belt. Clearly, Kenya has hit below the belt with Marlo, in which we see some flashbacks to that as well. So I don't know. I feel like it's like they fight and... They almost are fighting over who hurt the other ones the most. And it's like, you're both wrong. Like, you both messed up. You're both saying trifling shit. So just be honest with that. Either apologize and try to move on from it. Or to Drew's point, when she said in the confessional, just coexist. Don't really throw shade at each other. Just re recognize that that's not the girl that I'm going to vibe with. But... Hey, girl, sending you light and love and keep it pushing. At this point, we're just kind of splitting hairs. Like, you, Marlo's saying, well, you hurt me first by saying this. And Kenya's saying, well, technically, you hurt me first when you said this. And this hurt more and that hurt. I'm like, can somebody just be a bigger person? And they need to both own up to the fact that they both hurt each other. They both hit below the belt deep. And just admit that you're hurt and you're wounded by this woman's words agree to disagree and move on. It was an intervention for real, honey. Drew even had to loop in her mom to bestow a blessing on the damn table and the food um, because it was starting to get a little rowdy. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just really want them to just say, you know what? Just call a draw and just at least just be cordial and coexist within the group. 
Um, but to, yeah, to your point, there would be nothing to watch. So <laughs> we want that, but we don't at the same time. Um, and so as we kind of are working through the intervention conversation, the fashion show comes up. Before the fashion show comes up, we start playing a game, which is why the fashion show comes up. Honey, the girls are playing below the belt. Yes. So first off, of course, that's a producer who wanted to stir up drama. It's funny because basically this is how I kind of dissected that game. I could tell that like the contentious moments throughout the season, like we only saw them say like a couple prompts, right? But I'm sure there were more. Basically, they're just trying to get them up there fussing about stuff that they feel like they didn't really fuss about, like fuss enough about for the content. They brought up the the situation of Kenya calling Ross aggressive, of course, and asking Sonya, well, what would, hypothetically, what would you do? What would you say in this situation? I'm like, y'all really want to stir up this drama so damn bad. And then Sonya broke the chair. She got so upset about it again, bitch. Understandably. Okay, understandably. do not talk about her man. Do not talk about her man calling him aggressive. And she had to let them know what the shady reaction would be. But also during this game, to your point, Sheba Sheree comes back up because a prompt goes, what do you do if you send an invoice to a friend and said friend decides not to pay the invoice? What is your reaction to that? And so we start unpacking the fashion show and the girls are not having it, okay? They are not with it. This was probably the best part of the episode, in my opinion, because that's the thing. Sheree just acts like fake oblivious to the, like how dire the situation is. And it's like, do you want to fail? I'm confused. Honey. Candy had me rolling. Candy said, I am baffled because she, you know, Obviously, they started to unpack. Kenya was like, well, you said you spent a million dollars. And the girls were like, a million dollars? What did you spend a million dollars on? Sheree, I didn't say I spent a million dollars. Girl, what are you talking about? We literally just saw you say you spent a Roll the tape. So it's like, what? And then she's handing out the invites. What did you think of the invites? Honey fashions for Barbie. <laughs> it was a little bougetto, I'm not going to lie. It was very bougetto, very <laughs> bougetto. But my thing is, you stress about these invites, girl. You could have sent an e-bite via text message and spent all the money that you put on these little glass boxes to get some a designer that's actually stateside to do your samples. Because <laughs> why are you having to go to Alaska? Stateside, but not Alaska. Please. Like, she doing too much. Yeah, but the, the, I didn't love the invite. I thought that the Barbie clothes were a little bit bougetto. The, the, even, I don't know if you looked at, like, the specific outfits in the invites, like, the actual Barbie clothes. I was very confused. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know that we know what to expect from the show, like, fashion-wise. Um, so, I think they also asked, like, you know, well, how many people did you, because I think at this point, the show is nine days away. And they ask, well, how many people do you invite? A hundred. A hundred! Kenya stands up and quotes the the great Dwight, uh, former Rahua star. Is that, what did he say? Dreadful. Dreadful. A fashion show with no fashions. Dreadful. And then Candy goes off. I've literally wrote down her exact question. I do not understand. Candy is literally baffled. Um, fashions for Barbie, like you said. And then Marlo is like, it's just a party. Ain't no damn fashion. The kid is like, you're right. At this point, it's just a party. Like, just don't even call it a fashion show. They were really going in on sis, but she deserved it. She does. My thing is, I refuse to believe that Sheree is literally going out like this. I pray to God that she's just being dramatic because I think at some point, Candy even sort of said, she knows she got fashions coming. She's just being extra. So I'm hoping and praying that she's just portraying the fact that she's stressed and doesn't know where her fashions are coming from because 
I refuse to believe that she would go out like this a third time. In my book, this is like the third time because she had the little preview where there were designs on the wall. And then when she came back to the show the second time, wasn't it something for Shiba Sheree? That's when she made like the joggers comment at the reunion, something like that. I don't know. Yes, yes. And so I feel like she's had ample time to step up to the plate. Where is she finding her resources? Like everybody that she tends to work with always drops the ball in every aspect. So I don't understand where she's finding these resources. She has to succeed. She has to see. I mean, even Kenya and Marlo both were on the same page in that we all need, let's post about it. We can find somebody like, girl, at this point, it's going to be their fashion show, not She by Sheree. It's She by all of them. Yeah. A little part of me thinks that all of this is manufactured drama and that, you know, the fashion show will be fine, but I'm living for it. It's something to hold on to because, you know. I hope she's prepared. I really do. Honey, before we move on, speaking of fashions, whose fit were you feeling the most at the uh, birthday party? Honey, okay, yes, because I had a few notes on the outfits. First things first, it was funny that um, I think Kenya makes the comment, you don't want to spend money on your fashion show, but you got a $7,000 top on right now. Literally. Like, make that make sense. I liked Sheree's outfit. I didn't love the fitting of the top, but it was cute. I did not like Drew's. Drew was a bit much. Did you see the sequence on the boot? Yes. Oh, and it was taped. It was it was like fabric tape. You see the tape on the bottom of the boot whenever she has her foot up on the scooter. It's a mess. Like, that made it even worse. Honey, my favorite of course is miss marlon motherfucking hampton she had was that like a two-piece what was the print was it fendi prints on fendi prints on mm, mm, mm. pink two-piece body i need to know who her doctor is and that is no shade that's just all teeth she looks so good and it doesn't look like done good she just looks good bitch mm-hmm and she looked expensive. Mm-hmm. Marla was for sure my favorite. She looked like Barbie. Really. She literally did, yeah. Because I think she had blonde hair too or something. She had black, but she had the pink um, headband. Yes, yes. That's really what tied together the Barbie aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was my favorite look of the evening. Yeah. For sure. Hands down, Marlo. I feel like Kenya's, Kenya's just forgettable. I don't even remember what she had on. She had like a red something. Like yeah. a red dress or something, something like, like that. that yeah. I think it was a red top and maybe black bottoms. I'm not quite sure. Um, Candy was trying to give us something a little bit. I think that was Fendi or maybe Burberry. It was like the geometric, um, the geometric red and blue. But then the skirt and the boots threw me off. I was like, ugh, you just you're there and then you just go overboard. You're almost there. You gotta be. What, what's that? What's that commercial where you're like, gotta be quicker, gotta be there. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then to your point, Drew was looking like Queen of the Damned with the gold chess piece with the silver sparkly. It was all confusion. It was too much. Honey, at the head of the table looking like the damn star on a Christmas tree. <laughs> literally, literally. You just needed the damn angel wings. Honey, so we wrap up this episode going... <laughs> this by far was the most... Ridiculousness. This was a plot twist that was... Not only shocking, but so unnecessary. We go to a black coffee spot, right? And Sheree's sitting down. She's meeting up with a friend. And honestly, I didn't know what to expect from this. When I hear that she's meeting up with a friend and she wants the special show to go on track, I'm thinking Dwight is about to walk in or something. Mm -hmm. Right? That would make more sense because it's like they're going to maybe team back up or something. Mm -hmm. 
thought it was her new boo that that Martel Holt guy from um Love and Love and Marriage or something like that. There, yeah, Love and Marriage Atlanta. I thought it was I thought it was him, but then honey, I saw that light skin. <laughs> None other than the former Mr. Phaedra Parks himself. Mm-hmm. Apollo Nida walks in the building, introduced as Sheree's friend, which <laughs> I had, this is the first time I've ever known for Sheree and Apollo to have been friends outside of Phaedra, but nonetheless, he's there sitting down with Sheree because Sheree needs models for, male models for her joggers with the print shown. He by Sheree. He by Sheree. And out of all the models that she could ask, she asks her friend, Apollo Nida, if he would model for her show. Why? Why is Apollo here? Like, for what? I guess because we can't have Phaedra. That's what I'm saying. I feel like that's pretty shady considering I don't believe Phaedra will ever grace Rahua ever again, given the whole beef with Candy. Well, maybe, I don't know if they still have beef, but, you know, given the history with Candy and the lies that she told and spread. Um, and so instead they have her ex up there modeling. Does he... he is he a mo- like what's happening here? What happened to the real models? We were just saying that we want real models. We want this to be an official fashion show. And you calling on Apollo Nida? I have a theory that they used him, which was a reach, but to bring back up the Tyrone storyline because I feel like there's a resurfacing happening there with through their conversation. You know, Sheree was opening up about, of course, the fashion show, but also like. Her history with Tyrone, um, you know, of course, what we what we watched earlier in the season where he left her high and dry in Philly, kind of the commitment they had made and how he didn't follow, follow through once he got out. And then apparently they crossed paths on the inside. They, excuse me. They ran into each other in the system, I think were his words exactly. Which does not make sense. Maybe. Okay, maybe it did happen. <laughs> we, for the sake of this conversation, we're going to say it did happen. But that he essentially saw that Tyrone was rotating between different women, talking to women on the phone here, saying that Sheree is his girl, da da da. And so he then gives a little um, advice to Sheree in that, you know, this is common for men that are incarcerated. They build these lives or fantasies with these women. And then they're doing it with multiple women just to kill the time, essentially, because they're bored in there. So that was sort of suckish. And honestly, I will say this conversation, whether it was true that he connected with Tyrone or not, what have you, I will say that this conversation sort of showed me that I do think Sheree actually was played by Tyrone on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that was fake. I don't know if the blogs picked up the photos, like they said, what have you, but it appears that she might have really gotten played because I feel like what the way that he was expressing it and the way that she was also talking about it, it didn't come off as if she was making it up. It came off as like, she got played and this is a plausible reason why she got played. That was fucked up. Honey, for me, it was Apollo bringing back all his tea with the franchise and Phaedra and how Phaedra left him from dead. Honey, they gave Mr. Nida a confessional and everything. Cold-blooded. What are their intentions here? Are we going to get like a slow ramp up on the Phaedra narrative? Like, is she going to come back next season and basically combat what he said? Like, I don't know. It's, It's an interesting choice, if you will, to bring him back. Very true, yeah. Very interesting choice. I don't know what's to come, what the fruit will be from that tree, um, but I don't know if they just want to be messy in this one little clip scene in a random episode. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it was all very interesting, honey. Of course, he had to give his little backstory of Phaedra and her being cold-blooded and not standing by her side and not being ten toes down, what have you, and all that jazz, but... 
honey, I mean, Apollo done went to jail and got a little, uh, he got a little muscular, did he? Honey, he got muscular, but he is aging a little. He's not as cute as he used to be. Armstrong, beard strong, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just hope he's uh, on a better path now than he was back then. A mess, just a mess. I literally was shaking my head the whole scene. I was like, what in the hell is happening now? Sheree has terrible taste in men, so I do actually, I believe the Tyrone piece. Um, and we do see some previews for next week yet, or what next week, he may even pop up. So stay tuned for that and all that tea. Honey, yes, it definitely was an interesting and entertaining episode, one would say. I think they finally, you know, got it together and are back in Georgia and are just trying to wrap up this season the best way they can. I'm just going to send all my thoughts and prayers to Sheree in particular because I feel like this episode, the reoccurring theme is that she is going through, whether it's the man or she by Sheree. So, honey, let's send our girls some positive vibes because we never know what to expect next week, okay? Positive vibes for sure, honey, please, because... We need Sheree to win. We, need, we She can't be like the damsel in distress. Like that can't always be her storyline. Damsel in distress slash bone collector. We're going to need something new, something fresh, something positive for Miss Sheree Whitfield, please. Honey, you know what time it is. None other than Peach of the Week time. Who are you giving your juicy peach to this week? So I have debated this a little bit internally, but you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give this peach to Sheree. She by Sheree Whitfield. And the reasons are because, you know what? We really just are rooting for you, Sheree. We really want you to succeed. We want you to excel. You have a beautiful family and you have businesses and you have fame and you have notoriety. You are someone who really has all the potential in the world. You've got the booty of my dreams, the body of my dreams, the fashions, the pieces. You really have it all. So there's no reason why you can't be the star of the show, why you really can't shoot for the moon and land on the stars. I'm really rooting for you, Sheree, and I really hope that the fashion show comes together. I will say, if if nothing else, this fashion show has shown a bit of a testament to how um, the other girls are really rooting for her. Um, You know, they put all of their BS and drama and bone collecting aside and are rallying around her because they want to see her succeed. I think even at the birthday party, you know, Kenya asked, who wants to see Sheree succeed? Everybody raised their hand, even double hands up. Um, So I want her to take all this love, take this peach of the week and run with it and really just pull out all the stops and do her thing with this She by Sheree show. That's a good one. I think she needs all the motivation and she's... (laughs) (laughs) she's not quite there yet but she is on the way trucking so i am a fan of her honey i hate to do this because this housewife has gotten one of our peaches for the last two episodes but i'm gonna have to do it again because i feel like she is just getting better and better for me and that young woman is none other than miss munty herself marlo hampton like i really feel like she deserves this peach for a third week in a row and i'm gonna tell you why she is working her damnedest to be a bomb-ass munty for these young men. And I feel like them coming back into the house this episode, you see that she's happy to have them back. You see her intentions were pure in sending them to her sister. It wasn't that, you know, I can't deal with it. Fuck these kids, I'm kicking them out. It was very much, let me put them in another situation to show them why they're grateful. 
And to me, that is an action of a mother. It's the same action of someone, you know, if you go to your um, grandmother's house, because maybe your grandmother is more of a disciplinarian, or when mom says, I'm going to wait until your dad gets home to discipline you. Like, it's the same situation. You're calling on your tribe because you feel like someone else in your tribe may have what is most needed to your child at that point. And that's why I feel like Marlo sent the boys away. Not only is she a bomb-ass Monty, but with this Kenyan situation, I personally feel like Marlo has been a great sport. Now, one would argue that Kenya has been going below the belt just as much as Marlo and vice versa. And I agree, yes, Marlo is slick at the mouth. She will say what she, how she feels. But I feel like when it comes to like trying to get to a better place, trying to have a conversation, it's always Marlo being like, I'm open to having a conversation. Like, hi, Kenya. How are you? Behind Kenya... What does Kenya do? Close the door in her face. Like, it's all those petty things. I don't feel like Marlo's petty. Marlo will go off on you. Marlo will embarrass you and throw shade and really cut below the belt. But I don't think she's a petty individual. Whereas Kenya is extremely petty. And what does Marlo do? Continue to lead with grace. Continue to be like, you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. Let's just move on. Da, da, da. And so I feel like I love Marlo. I love her energy. Yes, she may be slick at the tongue. Yes, she may be go below the belt, but her intentions are always pure. And I feel like she has a really beautiful heart. And for those reasons, I am giving my peach for the third week in a row to Miss Marlo Hampton. Not three. Three times you're out or you're in, according to AJ in this speech. Okay, you are in. You are in. BRK listeners, let us know who you think deserves our peach of the week this week. Will it be Miss Sheree Whitfield giving her all the positive vibes to getting she launched, she by Sheree launched? Or should it go to Miss Marlon Hampton for being the badass monty that she is and always what? Going high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know on Instagram. Vote uh, Team Marlo or Team Sheree. I'm definitely going to stay tuned. I mean, we are reaching the peak um, with the She by Sheree show coming up. And I mean, it can go one of two ways. I'm going to hope positive, but it also could go negative. Either way, it's going to be something for us to kiki about. So I'm I'm here for it either way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, honey, it's always a pleasure kicking with you about these housewife bitches. Honey, these crazy girls. Mm-hmm. Back at it next week again for the one time and the one time. You know where to find me. All right, girl. Holla back at your bad bitch. Hey. Bye. Fresh out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Black Reality Kiki. Like and subscribe for more from your favorite Black Reality gurus. Till next time, keep it peachy, y'all. Bye.